Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Baggies broadcast sponsored by Adoption at Heart. My name is Luke Hatfield and I'm joined by a man who has countless, I mean countless, <laughs> McDonald's Monopoly tokens in his home. Mr. Joe Master. I'm laughing because what people won't know is that for the last <laughs> six, seven minutes, me and you have been talking about McDonald's, which we thought was recorded. It's an absolute blessing in disguise. But it hasn't been recorded because um, we went on far too long talking we, about McDonald's. We waffled. <laughs> we waffled, went completely on a tangent. But then I realised that we weren't actually recording. Um, so we're back on track with the exact same. You basically did it word for word, the exact same intro. It was beautiful. Yeah, it's cut a long story short. <laughs> I've got about 50 McDonald's tokens for the Monopoly board. Um, yeah. We're trying to win, aren't we, mate? We're trying to win big. We're trying. We're and trying failing. to win big. We're doing everything we can. We're eating McDonald's around the clock. Um, I came up with this idea that I thought if anyone can win this, it's us because we go up and down the country and literally. Well, we're in a syndicate with me, you, Steve, Joe, Chapman from the Mail, Steve Maley from the Athletic. Yeah. And we all love McDonald's and we all eat far too much of them. So I was like, come on, guys, we can like let's let's like club together. Let's club together and do this. And we've now got four Park Lanes, I think, but we need one Mayfair. Yeah, like um, 22 Pentonville Roads. Yeah, we've got loads of Pentonville Roads. We've got, <laughs> I've got so many of these things, it's ridiculous. Like, they're stacked high. Um, but yeah, we have got a lot of Monopoly tokens. We, we do. And if anyone happens to have a Mayfair and wants to <laughs> give it to us, then... <laughs> You'd be mental. You'd be mental, but we'd, we'd massively appreciate it. Um, talking about McDonald's, and I'm not going to waffle on like we did in the previous recording, Joe. Um... We waited 50 minutes. I think that's a world record. 50 minutes for a McDonald's the other day, didn't we? We waited 50 minutes, yeah. You were you were hungry as well. I, I was... You know, um, there's like... There's a meme of like a cricket fan like really disappointedly stood up with his arms crossed. Do you know the one I mean? I don't like cricket, mate. It's fine. It's fine. Listeners will know. Uh, that was me, basically. Stood in a, a queue which must have contained about 150 Liverpool fans... At this McDonald's, at, at, was it Sandback Services? Sand Sandbatch, you you numpty. Sandbatch, yeah, not back. No, Sandbatch. How can you not know that? I don't know, Matt. I was just so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Sandback. Oh dear. Anyway, there was like 150 football fans there. We we came at the worst possible time. I had to wait 15 minutes. I ordered a massive meal to you make ordered up for a, it. A burger. And that you ordered a meal burger, like, I don't know, you had a, did you have a chicken legend? Yeah, chicken legend. Barbecue chicken legend meal, large, chips. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then you also add 20 chicken nuggets. Yeah. And to split, to share. And, and another burger. To share. I didn't yeah. eat all 20 nuggets. No, but you polished off about 10 of them. Well, yeah, but, I mean, they gave us 21 by accident. <laughs> That's the type of thing Luke Hatfield actually notices, by the way. I go on about how annoyed I am that he bangs on about food. Like, all the time. But he actually notices when he gets 21 chicken nuggets instead of 20. Who doesn't? Come on. Unbelievable. You're having me on here. Um, yeah, 21 nuggets. It was okay. The Preston pie was a disappointment. I was very hungry. Um, Didn't have any breakfast, did you, basically, in preparation for your Preston pie? No. I made that mistake as well. The Preston pie was a small serving. It was nice, but it wasn't as good as the original Preston pie. It wasn't pie. a Preston pie, was it? It was cottage pie. pie. Yeah, I had a small portion compared to everyone else. I was fuming about that. Um, the the game of football was rubbish. <laughs> um, it was a long drive. 
I had to queue forever at a McDonald's. It just was a bad day in general. The only, a bad the only, day, wasn't it? The it was only a bad con- day. The only consolation was that I spent it with good people. Do you know what? Because I'd think as a Villa fan, the only consolation would be that you won 3 0 again. But that didn't even that enter was your a mass- head. No, 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 that, that was, didn't that even was, enter your head. It didn't was, even enter your head. It was a highlight of the day, that was. Oh, absolute rubbish, mate. You've just completely forgotten. You've just gone on about what an awful day you've had on the day. You, the team you support supposedly won 3 0. Hilarious. Yeah, I wasn't there to watch it. What do you mean you weren't there to watch it? That doesn't mean. What does that mean? What does that matter? Like, what? what? Don't get me wrong, I was delighted. And I'll be honest, if you tell the truth here, and if you tell the truth... You're so people, glad you forgot. People will, look, like, people will listen to you if you tell the truth here. Okay. When Leon Bailey scored the third, what did I do? Say something like, oh, Leon Bailey scored for Villa. Oh, you liar. I'm not you lying. Liar. I don't even know what you did. What did you do? I was walking to the car. Leon Bailey scored. We just finished our video, which was interrupted, by the way. Just to add to the, the day's the mess of the day um, but Leon Bailey scored I was delighted and I, I shouted I shouted pretty loud that Leon Bailey had made it 3-0 you didn't and I though, said did what you, a baller you didn't, though, did you? You didn't yes. shout pretty loud I don't ever recall you looking delighted I mean absolute nonsense mate I thought you'd call me something else then. <laughs> <laughs> I was like that can't go out on this podcast um, funny I mean, you've just forgotten that happened. You've just... Hilarious. Hilarious. You've literally forgotten that happened. I'm so pleased we had to record this again because all that stuff about the food and that I've, I've had to sit through once before today, but I love the fact you forgot that Villa won. I, I love forget. the fact you forgot. I didn't forget. I was keeping it to subject. Of course. Um, Joe, you, you know what? It was a mess of the day. Let's let's talk about what a mess of the day was. Um, and it could have been worse. Let's be honest. It could have been worse. <laughs> Because uh, Albion got a point, they're still unbeaten. Uh, Albion won, Preston won. Um, but it was very much more of the same, especially over recent weeks, Joe. So, so much to talk about, there really is. Um, there is a lot to talk about, a lot of like things I want to say, I think. Um, but we'll just see how it... I think we're just going to have to see how it comes out of my mouth, really. So, yes, I, don't, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of structure to the podcast. Um so first and foremost, and I said this in the video, I was genuinely disappointed with I was the performance, and I was surprised. I was actually surprised by the performance. Mm. So, and the reason why I was surprised was because I thought I thought Albion had found a solution. The, the, the solution, like Ishmael keeps saying, they need to find solutions, and I thought that they had found one against Derby in the second half. Look, we, we, if we, it's difficult whether we have to take these. In, this in a game, this batch of games in a three or a four, really. But the first signs Albion have been sort of found out were at Peterborough away, weren't they? Yeah. Um, that was the first indication, but it that was quite. It, it was a sort of a. It was a lot more, a lot more intriguing game of football, just because both teams played with bundles of energy. I thought. Mm. Um, I thought. Albion still had that and in, that intensity and aggression and, and energy to their play. I just thought Peterborough matched them really well, um, and then it, obviously Shemi Ajayi scores ninety fourth minute winner. Valerian Ishmael goes charging down the touchline. It was sort of brilliant, really. Yeah, the mood is lifted, um, and that was the fourth win in a row heading into national break. Really good start, a, a draw at Bournemouth followed by four consecutive wins. You couldn't ask anything more than that, really. Um, 
So, but but if but looking up, looking back, like they, they, that was the first sign that teams were starting to suss out how how um, Albion were playing. Obviously, against Millwall, I thought Albion just completely played into their hands. It was it was a bit ridiculous, really, how they kept putting balls into the box and Millwall kept heading them away. Mm. Similar for forty five minutes against for the first half against Derby, it was an improvement than than, than it was against Millwall, but it was very similar. Um, Second half against Derby, Albion battered them. Absolutely battered them. Um, chance after chance after chance. How they've not scored is beyond me. Um, but it was really disappointing they didn't score. Of yeah. course it was. And they didn't get the points they deserved. But in hindsight, sort of coming away, you were like, okay, look, it's one of them really. On another day, you score two or three, no problem. The important thing is that... We got the ball down a bit more. We played with a little bit more composure. We created all these chances. They sort of had found a way to play against a side who was going to sit deep, that was going to go long in possession, was going to prevent the press. Mm. And that made me head to Preston full of confidence. So I honestly can say, I thought we were going to batter Preston. I, honest, I mean, I was talking in the, press, in the press room before the game. I was saying we're going to win 3-0. Like, we're going to... We're, I've got, like, I'm confident. I'm confident. I'm, I think we're going to win the game. What then unfolded was very, very similar um, to the last two games, really. And I think what I didn't factor in was that obviously Preston are a much better side than Derby. Yeah. Um, I didn't sort of allow that to go come into my thinking. And then, um, yeah, and I, and I thought Albion would adapt better. I did. Mm. I thought Albion would adapt better. Um, and they didn't. Um, and it was really, really unfortunate. And... It was kind of a, it was kind of a, a nothing game really, um, yeah. in the sense that I think I, I wrote my analysis for Monday's paper and like did did a bit on it and I can think of five chances in the game in the in, in the entire game when you think that's that is a low amount of chances in one for for, for both teams this is and in total there was five chances in the game and I'm mm. including the goals in that yeah. Um, Preston took the lead, 25-yard shot, took a deflection. Sam Johnson could do nothing about it, nestled into the corner, 1-0. Albion should have been level two minutes later. Matt Phillips, brilliant volley, inches wide. They did pull level. Matt Phillips nodding in the corner. Second half, Sam Johnson makes a decent save from Ryan Ledson, but he's saving that 99 times out of 100. Yeah. And then right at the death, Jordan Eugle has a huge opportunity, um, played in by Carlin Grant, and basically passed the ball back to the keeper. It was a, it was a dreadful finish um, <clears throat> from him. So I think in hindsight, the Hugel opportunity, I think we have to... Uh, just changing the subject slightly on Jordan Hugel, I haven't been as impressed with him, I've said this before, I haven't been as impressed with him as a lot of people have since in, his, in his performances off the bench. Don't get me wrong, I think he's done well, I think he's done okay. Mm. But like, he's been praised for sort of bringing the ball down on his chest and bringing others into play. Well, that for me, that's what he has to do. He's a target man striker, that's his role. It's like, for me, that's like when a goalkeeper kicks it long and Kyle Bartley wins the header in the air ahead of when he's competing under pressure from a striker. Yeah. Like, that's his job. Like, that is literally the bare minimum we need for him today. Is to, uh, is from cut off. So, hold, bringing the ball down on his chest and playing others, finding other people is literally the bare minimum for me for Hugo. 
Mm, I think there's something to be said to be able to do that consistently, though. Well, maybe. I mean, I mean that is the type of player he is. So I, I really do it. I mean, it's just me, but I do expect it from him. Mm. I think where I will I can, defend, I can see where you're coming from. Where I will defend him for the chances. He hasn't played 90 minutes in a long, long time. He hasn't started a lot of matches. Uh, he didn't start. He barely started the game for Norwich last season. He was very much an impact sub. Mm. It was his first start in a long time that game of press, and it just came at the wrong time for him. That chance, I think, right at the end. Yeah, if that comes on minute forty, I think yeah. I think he probably he really he either really tests the keeper or scores. Yeah, he would definitely do a lot better than what he did with it. Um, I've got no doubt about that. So I think some of the sort of. Sort of, it's, he sort of sums up social media, doesn't he, Jordan Hugo, the way that chance, because there was a massive sort of wave for him to start that game against Preston. And then after he missed that chance, there's been sort of a, a wave for him not to start the next game. And it's just, yeah. it's just not, that's just not the way things, it's just not a fair reflection of things, is it? It's just never that, things just aren't that extreme. But yeah, very dis- it was disappointing. It was disappointing. Um, it was another disappointing game. Mm. Um and I think now we have to look at where we go from here, really. I think that, that's what we need to discuss next. Yeah. Were there, were there any good performances from an Albion you know, perspective? Anything to really take? There wasn't really. I mean, we're doing my player ratings, and the only player I gave a 7 to was Sam Johnston, which meant he got man of the match based on the ratings, which felt a bit... It's not, it didn't, he didn't really des- deserve man of the match because... He didn't have an outstanding game. He wasn't he required to have an outstanding game. He didn't do a lot, really. He wasn't. He wasn't. He, he didn't really. I mean, there was just so little chances. But, but in fairness to Sam Johnston, he did absolutely nothing wrong. Everything that was asked of him, he did. He commanded his box. He made the saves he had to make. You couldn't really fault his performance. Had no chance with the goal. Um, he, he deserved his seven. It's just no one else got anywhere near a seven. I didn't think. Mm. Uh, everyone was sixes, fives. Just a very, very flat performance. But I think what what we've got to look at is. What's next, right? So what is next for Albion? Now, my, I, I've got absolute, complete faith in Ishmael. There's a, there's a debate to be had about if you don't, we talked about this last week, but if you don't like his style of play, if you don't like vertical football, if you don't like direct football, then that, I've said before, that is your right. Um, and there, I think there will be fans who never never truly buy into it. Um, mm. this, this just isn't how they want to see their team play, which, like I've said, that is your right, and that's absolutely fine. For me, it's about results. I want to see Alvin get to the Premier League. I want to see Alvin try and compete in the Premier League. I've got absolutely no doubt Ishmael knows the issues that are at hand. Um, he's talked about how they need to move the ball better. He's talked about how they need to keep possession more. He's talked about how they've got to be more ruthless in the final third. And I think they're all the things they've been working on. It feels to me a bit like he came in and he's been so adamant. He's, he's worked so hard to install his philosophy and his plan A mm. that now plan A isn't working. The players are finding it a little bit hard to step back from plan A and do something a little bit different. They've just become a little bit too ingrained. But look, it's a work in progress and this is... This is why I find the criticism of him somewhat strange because he has said all along he wants Albion to be the complete team. He want, And he said he, he wants them to be the best team defensively. He wants them to be 
the best team when it comes to set pieces and he wants them to be the best team in possession. Mm. And you can't expect him to install that and to build the best a complete team after eight games. Teams grow, teams develop over the course of the season. We are eight games in. We're unbeaten. I'm not saying for one minute the last four games have been good because they haven't. But I think the criticism of him is, and is, is, is surprising me somewhat. It, it, is, it, is, it is genuinely surprising me. Um, and I'll tell you what really surprised me is the booing. Yeah. The booing. I hand on heart don't think I'd boo in any circumstance after eight games. Look, I'm not knocking those... Well, am I knocking those who boo? I don't know, really. I just... I just can't... I'm just so surprised that this early, a team that's unbeaten, that they're, they're being booed? There's one circumstance that after this number of games I'd accept booing. And that's if... Similar to... Do you remember Frank De Boer's Palace? Oh, I do remember that, yeah. Hadn't scored a goal, no <laughs> points. I mean, they had no hope. And after seven games, you know what, fair play. Because there's a point when... I know it's a new manager, you've got to give them time. But if you, you're not even scoring a goal, they've had nothing to cheer. I'd understand then. But to boo after being unbeaten, I'd understand if they lost the game and they put in a really abject performance. But at the end of the day, there's something to be said about getting results, admittedly against teams who aren't as good as you on paper and teams Albion should be beating. But they say the best teams grind out points when they're not playing well. Albion aren't playing well at the moment. And they're getting they're still putting point, points on the board. Admittedly, not three points that we want to see. But they're still putting points on the board. And I just I agree with everything you said. And I just can't believe how people can't accept that this is a developing team. Ishmael is a new manager. He's not come in with. Look, he hasn't. He hasn't inherited the. He's, he's made some additions, but the vast majority of the players at the club. I mean, very good players. And I'm not saying he wouldn't want them. I'm just saying they weren't. They weren't his signings, though. And I'm just saying you've got to allow him to develop his philosophy over the course of the season. I'm just. I find it mind-boggling that people are booing after eight games. But you know what? They're not even booing after eight games. They're booing after four games. Mm. Because no one was booing after the first four games. No one was booing after five games when we, when we won at Peterborough. And I do just find it a bit... I, I do understand that people may not like the style of play. And I, do, I really do understand that. But I just can't believe... I don't think that warrants booing yet. Yeah. I'm really surprised by it. I'm genuinely surprised by it. If Albion were 12th in the <clears> table, <throat> I'd understand it a little bit more. They're expected to, to be battling for promotion. They're third in the table. Am I, am I right in saying that? Third? Yeah, third in the table. And, I, and, if, and if people are like... I think people need to maybe watch Ishmael's interviews more. Because... Look, the club do interviews with him. There's not many sort of TV interviews in the Championship now, is there? Do they have, do they, does every manager get interviewed on Quest? I don't know if every manager does. I'm, I'm not too sure. Um, but, but listen to him talk. Like, he, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He, right, so in Ishmael's head, he absolutely knows what he's doing. He knows what he has to correct. He knows what he has to do differently. He, he has to prove to all of us he can do it. 
There's no doubt about it. Like he has to prove that he can do it. But even then, right, it's so hard. This is so weird. And I'm talking, I don't, if I'm not making sense, um, I apologize. But like XG stats, I used to think XG stats were ridiculous. Now, I've, now I'm really, really into them. Albion have won the XG battle in every game they've played this season. Mm. In every single game this season, they've won the XG battle. Against Derby, their XG was like off the scale compared to... Derby barely registered a chance. Albion should have scored... It's, it's, they have basically beaten every team on XG this season. And there's no doubt about it. They've like... <clears throat> I did a piece yesterday, be online today... And I was like, what does Ishmael have to do to... He has said, we need to improve in the final third. We need to find more of a killer instinct in the final third. So I said, what can, what can we do to improve in the final third? Can he tweak his system? I think three at the back and wing backs are absolutely fundamental for Ishmael. Yeah. He's not going to switch to a back four. <clears throat> Basically, he's going it's, it's gonna, it's gonna, to be, can he tweak three, three four, three? Well, when he was at Barnsley, he did tweak 3-4-3. Sometimes he played 3-4-1-2. Sometimes he played 3-4-2-1. And I was looking at it and I was like, I thought, I think there's a little bit of a disconnect between the midfield and attack. I do think there is a... I think Albin are lacking a player in the middle of the park that can put their foot on the ball, calm things down slightly and pick a pass. Moet can do it to a certain extent, but I'm talking... Like an eye splitting pass, a, a pass that really sort of opens things up. I don't think Alvin have got anyone that's doing that at the minute. Are you saying they're missing <clears throat> Romain Sawyers? Wow, I mean, that, that, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, I don't know if Romain's got the physicality to play the way Ishmael would want him to play, but they're certainly <clears throat> missing that type of type of player, I would say. I'd say, I'd say they're missing a number 10. I'd say more we're missing a Pereira. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And but Albion have got options in that role. So look, he did do this at Barnsley. This is important to stress. He didn't play three four three every week. He did play three four one two. He did sometimes play three four two one. The formation that obviously Chelsea are smashing everyone with at the minute. Um, so he did he did show this, this tactical flexibility a little bit. And I was looking at ways we could do that. Like Robert Snodgrass could be a number ten. I think. I think. I think Callum Robinson could be a number ten. I think he's at his best when he's slightly deeper. So maybe you could play them both in a 3-4-2-1. I think that might work because Snodgrass would naturally go to the right. Robinson would naturally go to the left. Yeah. You could just put one in there. But I think it wouldn't be a bad thing necessarily to have two strikers up front. Just to give... We, we need to give the opposition something else to think about, don't we? That yeah. We, we have been found out a little bit. So <clears throat> to have two strikers up there, maybe Matt Phillips and Jordan Hugel, someone like that. Or maybe it's Callum Robinson and Jordan Hugel and Snodgrass in behind. Just something... Just something like that to give something the opponent something else to think about, a different option. Just make it a little bit more on the deck, a little bit more incisive maybe, rather than as direct as it has been. I was looking at all these things. I think that's something he has to consider for the QPR game. But you know what? He also has to just... There is a genuine chance, or not even a chance, but just by keeping things the same, Albion are going to naturally pick up better results. Yeah. Because they are... They are beating teams on XG. They are creating more chances than the opposition. And and what's, they're creating hardly any chances against them. They've got the best defensive record in the division when it comes to chances created against them. 
Mm. Teams don't look like scoring against them, really. And they've got the second highest XG for chances created. So <clears throat> it's only Fulham that have got a better XG for chances created. So the XG, it's a recipe for success. Teams aren't creating chances against them, and Albion are creating, ch- and Albion are creating chances. Um, and I just think Ishmael said multiple times the final ball, the final pass has been lacking. And how many times has that been true? How many times have we seen Dean Garner race down the left, sending a cross, and it's two inches over Darnell Furlong's head? Yeah. How many times have we seen Dean Garner go down there, sending that cross that um, Matt Phillips was like a, a second away from connecting with and sliding in? Um, <clears throat> all these moments, it's just things aren't falling for them slightly. I do generally, don't get me wrong, I think Albion have to make tweaks and I think they have to, I think Ishmael has said they need to improve on the ball and they need to show more composure and they do. Let's, we don't want this, we don't want, we want it, they want, we want them to be slightly less direct, we want them to play, keep the ball down a bit more and we all think that will lead to even more chances created. But they've been, I think actually they've been a bit unlucky that they haven't scored more goals. Mm. I mean, you can say unlucky, you could say it's a lack of quality. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's fine, fine, fine margins. Like, if if Dean Garner sent in that cross in the air, Phillips would probably head it in, whereas Darnell Furlong's a bit shorter, so he, he was just a little bit underneath it. These are the areas we're talking about here. And I just think, naturally, Albion will score more goals. <clears throat> Personally, I think this is really is a developing team. I think they will get better and find different ways across the course of the season, because Ishmael's not stupid, like he just isn't. Um, and I think things will come back to being like <clears throat> fairly good again. That even when it's good, this is still going to be vertical football. This is still going to be direct football. Mm. And if you've got a problem with that, that's that's your right. If you if you like that is your right. That and I I would I would completely get your viewpoint. My my issue as it stands is people back booing when. Or being hyperly overcritical on Twitter when this is a developing team. We're eight games into the season. We're unbeaten, and and Ishmael is saying post match, yeah, we weren't good enough. Like we need to improve in the final third. We need to show more composure. We need to use the ball better. He recognises all these things. So I'm just a bit amazed, really. Mm. It's just like, I mean, I spoke to someone at the club the other day and they were just like, we just can't wait for Friday. Like, we just can't wait for it. But they just want the games because they want to get back to winning ways. And once they get back to winning ways, it will dampen down the sort of negativity that's around them because there is so much negativity around them. Yeah. And it's, and it's so unjustified. Yeah, and the one thing I will <laughs> say is, like, this, this is an independent podcast. We're not, this isn't a club run podcast. We will be critical, and we have been critical of, of things with the club before. Um, but you just need to give them some time. Just, I mean, eight games in, they're third, they're unbeaten. I can understand, you know, if yeah, they've put in a performance which isn't great, and they've put a few in a row, and it's like, yeah, it's frustrating, but it's not worth, you know, booing, booing out of the Hawthorns, I don't think, just yet. Um I suppose a question would be worth asking, Joe, is, is is how long that unbeaten run can protect, you know, the club because 
you know, if the performances do continue and it does, it, it continues to frustrate, then you can understand it more and more as you're going on. But but how long is that going to take? Yeah, look, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, look, it's strange because Ishmael does. They they need to. He need, it doesn't need a win because, of course, he does, like it's something to fall. It's ridiculous. I can't believe I'm talking in these terms, really, but. I think it'd be it, we need we do need we do need a win because it will just dampen things down a little bit and then I, it'll hope then that one one will lead to two and the truth is like we can't sit here we can't sit here and know the answers there isn't everyone who follows a team in the championship anyone who follows a team in the football league and let's be honest Albion fans they've got they know what the championship's all about they like. <clears throat> Everyone knows that in every season you have a blip. Mm. Ev- everyone knows that. Like you don't just go through the season just sailing through it. It's same. I can when Albion went up under Billich, we had two blips, didn't we? We had that blip around sort of Christmas time when the team really didn't play well and started dropping points. And obviously after lockdown, that was Project Restart. They basically blipped their way over the line. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like. Everyone who's being critical of this team now will accept that at one at one stage of the season, you will have a bad spell. We don't know if this is Albion's bad spell or not. We just don't know because we're only eight games in. And if it is their bad spell, then they've come through. They're coming through it undefeated potentially. Like it's just, I don't know. I think we just got. I just, I just think it's so early. It's just so early to be so to to, to judge. I think. Mm. I'll and tell you and what, that doesn't I... mean you can't be concerned. It doesn't mean you can't be concerned about the style. It doesn't mean you can't say, you can't ask legitimate questions. Like, is Valerian Ishmael getting the most out of this squad of players? That's a fair question. That yeah. is. These are these are ball playing footballers. That just, I don't know how many months ago it was. Just over a year ago, they got out of the championship by playing their way out of the division. That's a fact. They're not playing their way out now. It is vertical football. It is direct football. It's a fair question to ask. Is Ishmael getting the best out of these footballers? At this moment in time, I would say he isn't. It's a fair question to ask. It's a fair question to ask that. But I truly believe he will. I truly believe he was getting pretty much the best out of him in the first four or five games. And they've had a blip after three. We've got to judge him after... We've got to judge him after 10 games, 15 games, 20 games. You can't just... I just think you've got to give the bloke some time. The last three games have been disappointing. There's no doubt about it. If they'd set up differently, if they could have they got better results, yes, they probably could have. But but they but they I don't know. I just think it's I just think you've got to have more faith in him. He's, he's, I think he will. Like it's weird saying he even has to turn it round because he doesn't have to turn it round. They're unbeaten. They're third. Yeah. But I I think he you just got to give him time to. Sort of convince you that he can do more. He he, he can recognise these problems himself and do something to correct them. Yeah, certainly doesn't have to turn around the team. Maybe just slightly divert. Yeah, that's all he needs to do. That's perfect. All he needs to do is slightly divert the team. Yet people are booing a team that needs to needs a slight diversion. Yeah. It's just give. I think you just give him a chance, really. Thinking of adoption? We have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. 
Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell's Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking for re- to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit www.adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place or call 01902-553818. Let's go on to questions because I wanted to take a lot of questions today because there's been so much and, and so many different reactions uh, from fans. So I just thought we'd take a load of questions today. First one comes from Ronnie. Uh, can you both enlighten us about the towel affair at Preston, where the ball boys and stewards were taking the towels away? I've seen this not just at Preston, um, happened at Blackburn as well. Uh, and I think it's becoming a fairly common sight to see Albion's, you know, I think he's an assistant coach or or maybe one of the other, you know, members of the dugout having to run out and... and replace the towel or put it back in a position I don't get the big fuss about this from certain teams because I mean was it Preston it might have been Preston or it might have been Derby they were doing long throws too yeah I don't know really I've got to be honest so I have a lot on when a game's on so I'm trying to watch the game I'm trying to tweet about the game I'm trying to write a match report that can go on the website basically as soon as the game's finished. So sometimes like details like that, I do pass me by. Like I'm happy to admit that. Like it's, I can't. I, can't, I just, it's just, I just, I'm just not in a position where I can spot. I'm not just watching the game is my issue. So things mm. like that do, do sometimes pass me by. The only thing I can say is, it was my understanding that basically the referee goes to both managers before the game and says. Do you want towels there? Or Albion have requested to have towels there, let's say, because probably Albion are always going to do it. And then it's up to the opposition. I don't know, that can't be true though, can it? Because at home, Albion always have them there. Must be. I, I don't think there's any rule against it. I don't think there's a rule against it, but I think you have to. Ask, you definitely have to ask. There's definitely some element of asking. Whether It must be when you get to an away ground. Is ask. it asking or informing them? Are you informing them? Look, no, there's going to be towels there. It is asking. It's, it's, it's got to be an advantage for both teams. So, like, if 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 one manager would be absolutely adamant that the way that you take your throw in short, for example, they they would have the right not to include the towel. I think if it, it must be only if it's at home, though, because mm. Albion will always have a towel at home. So I don't know whether it was. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's people yeah. under the press box uh, at the Hawthorns who actually bring their own towels at this point. I, I've I've seen people offering their own towels to Darnell Furlong. Yeah. Fair. So, but, I mean, even if you didn't have a man, in theory, you could just nab, it on, nab one off a fan. Yeah, I mean, that's the way. Yeah, that's, that is what will happen, isn't it? That's what will happen at the Hawthorns. Um, but what, yeah, I mean, yeah. The bottom line, though, is Towels, no towels, long throws, no long throws, whatever. I've been up to be better on the ball and start converting the chance. They, they need to create chance, more chances. They are creating chances based on their XG. 
but they didn't really create that much at Preston. Mm. They need to create more chances. They need to create better chances. They need to convert those chances. Um, because I think we've seen with both the throw-ins and the corners, they've worn off slightly. They're not going to come off every game. Well, like if you look at the first couple of games, there was an awful lot of goals from long throws and corners. There's also a lot of disallowed goals from corners. Callum Robinson got a couple, I think, mm. that were disallowed, that were very, very marginal, especially one at Bournemouth, which I think really should have stood. Um, and football's an evolving game. Like people watch you, like, I mean, I did, analysts watch the game like non-stop, don't they? They they what they analyze every detail of your game, and most mm. clubs now have got a set piece analyst where they just look solely at set pieces. So if you again, probably Albion been a little bit found out there. Like, don't get me wrong, Darnell Furlong launching the ball into the box is a real weapon because if Albion don't win the first ball, then they they might they've got a chance of winning the second ball. It's very very percentage football, but. It's just teams will will work you out. And I think they have... And, like, Mowat sends in some unbelievable corners. I mean, he basically sticks them right on the keeper. They're, they're, they're in a horrible area. Yeah. But you, I don't know if you started noticing that, like, Albion are giving away a lot of free kicks now from yeah. corners. Yeah. Um, and I don't necessarily think that's Albion's fault. Like, I think that might be sort of teams getting a bit savvy to it and thinking, right, he's going to stick this ball right on top of the keeper. Any contact on the keeper, get the keeper down, basically. Yeah. Go down, because the refs always blow, don't they? Yeah, always it's, blow. It's, it's nine times out of ten. Yeah, 99 times out of 100, they're down. The keeper goes down, like, ref blows. So that's another way to defend it, really. Mm. Um, because they do score havoc. So I think... Like, football's always evolving, football's always moving, Albion have got to be always evolving, always moving. They were brilliant first four games, not amazing at Peterborough, but did enough to get the win. Last three, struggled really, with the exception of second half against Derby, when that that has to go down as an, an unfortunate 45 minutes, I think. Yeah. And now they have to evolve, and they have to evolve again, and... As I've said multiple times, I genuinely have got every faith that Ishmael can evolve this team. I really do. Like, I really, really do. Yeah. I asked um, him at the presser last week, did this happen to him at Lasker Barnsley? And he said, yes. Like, teams do work you out. Um, I just think um, the players have, have been slightly too ingrained in his methods. Mm. Um, and they just need, to, it just needs, it just needs everyone just to take a step, step back, maybe just show a bit more composure and, be calm and I think they're going to be fine. Yeah. Daniel Tudge asks, do you think we need to show more in-game intelligence? I just think the players need a little bit more responsibility. Well, I said this last week. I said exactly that last week. That's, and that's exactly, that is what I, that is what I think has happened. That follows on from what I've just said is I do think Ishmael's come in with a clear philosophy, a clear way of playing when, when, as in what they, when, they were an unknown quantity, if you like. He wants to press. He wants to win the ball high. He wants the Gagan press. So, Gagan press, we've probably said it before, but there's that famous quote from Jurgen Klopp, which is something like, no playmaker in the world is as good as a Gagan press. Yeah. And that basically means he. there's no one, no matter who you got picking your passes, if it's Kevin De Bruyne picking your passes, that's not as good as 
when the ball's high at the pitch, pressing so hard that the opposition give it away near to their goal because once you pick up that ball in that area, you're in a stronger position, basically, than if you had Kevin De Bruyne on it about to pick a pass. Yeah. So that's the philosophy. That's, that's, and let's be honest, there's only one Kevin De Bruyne, so only, only Man City can call on Kevin De Bruyne. No one else can. So, and I think they have played like that, and I think, but I do think at times these players, they're, they're on the field, they understand the tempo of the game, they know where the space is, I do think they they did they do need to just, or but certainly against Millwall, and certainly against Derby. I don't think they need. I don't. I don't think they should be told they have to slow things down or they need a bit more composure on the ball. Or I just think they need to do it for themselves a little bit. Mm. Um, like they all players. You talk about you hear interviews all the time. Players saying they solve problems on the pitch. They take responsibility, and I don't see these players doing that. I, I see them, there's been times when like the Millwall game in particular and probably at Preston where they're doing what they're told, they're doing what they've been told to do, but what they've been told to do isn't quite working for them and it's like they haven't got the strength of character to stop doing it really. Mm. They need to, yeah, that's what I think, That is that is what I think, I agree with that comment. I think they need to be a bit more savvy, but I think the message is getting across to them now in the sense that it's just there's been, it's been three games in a row where they've really struggled. Um, but they have to do something differently now, don't they? They just have to. Yeah. They, they have to. Yeah, Leo Watkins. To what end is this philosophy about the law of averages? Is it that we put the ball into the box enough times we will score eventually, or should we better like better utilize having the ball in forward areas and create less chances but better ones? See, this is the argument with XG, and this is the one fair argument against it: is that you can accumulate a high XG from te- basically taking a lot of pot shots. If you take a ton of pot shots, say you have. 30 shots from 30 yards, XG for each of them will be 0.1. If you do 30 of them, you've got an XG of 3. We'd have an XG of 0.3, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, but I mean 0.10. So if you did that 30 times, you'd have 3. Um. Yeah. I mean, XG... XG is a is like something to measure, isn't it? Something to look at. I think it's, I think it's, like what you're saying there is an extreme example. You're not going to have yeah. thirty shots. You're like... not going to have thirty shots from thirty yards. But I'm just saying that that could could it be that the law of averages is is attempting to be played here? Because if you just constantly get the ball into the box, eventually one of them will go in. Yeah, and I and I think yeah, and I, th- I think. Albin, if you look at that second half against Derby, it is, it is, there's no doubt about it, it's percentage football, what Ishmael's playing. There's no doubt about it, it is percentage football. Mm. The question is, would we create more chances? You've, whether you're creating chances from percentage football, whether you're creating chances by slow build-up play, someone's still got to put that ball in the back of the net, haven't they? Yeah. Like Someone's still got to finish it off. And I think... Ishmael is playing more percentage... God, there's no doubt about it. Ishmael's playing more percentage football than intricate build-up play. And you could say you could create better chances by intricate build-up play. But 
What is a better chance than Dean Garner hitting the byline, sending the ball across the box that Matt Phillips misses by a second a yard out, mm. or that Darnell Furlong can't get his head onto just two yards out or something? Like, I think the ch- a lot of chances, particularly in that derby game, were very good chances. And that was based on this, st- this style of play. I think that the answer is, personally, I think this is what Ishmael would say, is that you need both, really. Yeah. You, I think the percent, but don't get the the percentage football is going to be his way. He's going to play more percentage football than he's going to play, like composed sort of. If you if you think composed football will create better chances, which I do think it will, but we still need someone to put them away. Yeah, and I think Albin have created enough decent chances. The the law of averages would suggest they would have scored more goals than they have in their last three games, particularly in that derby game. Um. Yeah, I think That's what fair. we need is both. We need they're playing. We just need them to. We just need them to play a bit more composed football and create chances a different way because they need that. This is what we say when they've been found out. They've been a bit unlucky because they haven't taken any of the chances, but they've also been found out. So they need by by playing a different way. They should create different types of chances, maybe. Mm. That's fair. But I don't know if it is. I don't know if I'm talking absolute rubbish today. If everyone switched off, I honestly don't blame you. No, no, no. I, th- I think what you're saying is sense. Paul Chappell, uh, we've got a manager who signed up for four years, but football, which is at times from 30 years ago, isn't anyone else hugely concerned that if we somehow go up, we're in no way, shape or form prepared for any kind of attempt at staying there? I'd personally disagree. I think this system would be more effective in the Premier League purely because... You're going to be playing so many teams who aren't going to get rid of the ball the moment they get it. Yeah. See, this is it. We keep talking about this transition and development, how Albion have to change their style of play. What Ishmael said when he initially took over, he described Albion as an out of possession team. This is the big area that, this is the key stat that like we're getting into really is. He described it as an out of possession team. The last two games, they've had in excess of 60% possession. So against. Bournemouth again. I don't even know if they had more possession against Sheffield United. You know, I'd have to have a look. But yeah, they are they are very good out of possession, Albion. There's no doubt about it. They are. Um, they don't create. They don't concede a lot of chances. And they press relentlessly and and play high up at the pitch and, and they suffocate you when things were going well. That's what they were doing. I. I don't know how this football is going to go. In the Premier League. I mean, look, we've got to get to the Premier League first and foremost. But I speak to people. It's going to be really, really interesting to see what would happen. It, but I can you. I don't know what the alternative is. Mm. Because, because I think Bilic played good football. We went up with Bilic. Personally, I don't think Albion got the... There was, there was, I don't think there was... Look, they spent forty-six point five million pounds. Is is what the overall spend was that window? You'd have to say that was that was they they didn't spend that money very well in hindsight. Um, you'd like to think if Albion go up next time, obviously they'll they'll spend that spend money better. Yeah. Um, I think they would spend um, like like Carlin Grant's just not worked out, has it really? So players like that so far, you'd need more in the transfer window if Albion went up, but. At the moment, we look a team, Albion look like a team that's too good for the Championship, not good enough for the Premier League. Yeah. There's other clubs like it, Norwich, 
probably the the, the big example. Fulham, um, maybe another one. Maybe Fulham, yeah. Um, so I can't, I can't, see, I can't see there being wholesale changes if we if we go up. Look, we'll make we'll make some additions. We will. But I can't see there being wholesale changes. It's going to be largely the team that got Albion up or largely the team that was in the Premier League and that came straight back down from the Premier League. So you need a way. You need to find a way to stay up. Because I think most people had us down by October, last time we were in the Premier League. Yeah. So we need to do something different. Um, on one hand, my head is thinking, it, Premier League teams are going to pick us off. We're going to press high. They are going to have the ball. There's no way. There's no way Dean Smith is going to. And this is not even. We don't even have to go Man City, Arsenal, whatever. Like Dean Smith at Villa. Villa are going to have the ball. There's yeah. no way Dean Smith is changing his principles. He's he's a possession-based manager. So we play Villa. They'd have the ball. They try and play out. We'd press them relentlessly. And we'd see how it goes from there. I don't know how it's going to go. I, part of me thinks teams are going to pick the pass pass around us and because the Premier League they're going to get in on goal. And part of me thinks sometimes we'll, the press will work and they won't be able to get out and we'll squeeze them. And I think if we got to the Premier League we'd get some absolute tonkins. Oh yeah. But uh, I, think, I think they'd also get... get I, I think the points over the season would equate to more than they did last season. But I agree with you, though. I think there's a chance that could happen. We just don't know. And anyone who says they do know doesn't know because you haven't seen it. You haven't seen Ishmael's team after a year. You haven't seen Ishmael's team having one promoted, having made the additions that, that he was going to make. Like, you can't... We just don't know. But what I kind of do know is that we can't do what we did last time. Yeah. We can't go up with a Slaven Bilic style playing football and then take that into the Premier League because I think we'll come down again. Like, and maybe we'll come down again anyway with Ishmael style. I don't know, but like, I, think, I don't think that worked for us. We have to yeah. try something different because at the moment we are in that bracket of like a big club in the Championship struggling in the Premier League. And I don't see how that changes really without owner investment, personally. Yeah, that's that's the difference. You know, Villa, Villa went up; they invested a lot of money. I do think and... you got to recruit better. I should say that. Like we we'd have a better we've had a better chance of staying up last year if we'd recruited better in the first place. Yeah. But that recruitment was harder because we didn't have investment. So. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it does blow my mind. That we're writing Ishmael off, but he's getting booed after eight games, and now people are writing him off in the Premier League. When we're not got to the Premier League, like I think we've just got a. What's happened to like giving people a chance? Yeah, I, I've, I don't know. Um, Rich Downing asked, did Ken ever respond to your request for an interview? Well, so that I haven't. Um, so since the last, since I talked about that interview, I haven't specifically asked again but my offer is like the club know I am very keen to speak with Ken um, yeah. like like basically anytime any place anywhere I'll, I'll go there um, so hopefully one day it'll happen we'll no, see no, um, 
Dane, uh, what would be the best plan for the squad in a January transfer window, and what areas would need to be would need improvement? Um, I still think strikers the big one. Yeah, it's interesting because I said on a podcast last week that my it's my understanding that Ishmael really wants Daryl DK. Um, he's been linked with an eighteen million pound move to Palace the other day in the Sun. I'll, I'll be amazed if he goes Palace. They've just signed Odson Edward. Um, yeah, I mean, what we know is that, well, what I gather is that basically everyone was priced out of a move. When I say everyone, Albion included. If there was any other interest, I don't know. I mean, I mean, only focus on Albion. But that there was Albion were priced out of a move for DK in the last window, either alone or permanent. Um, and to be honest, the fact that that story just sums that up really. The fact that Orlando won eighteen million pounds for him tells you everything you need to know. Really, I mean. Now, obviously, every, no one's expecting Albion to pay eighteen million pounds for Daryl DK. No one, no. no one's expecting that. So, I think, look, that's just Orlando playing playing the game, isn't it? Like, that's just what you do. Mm. You you leak a fee to the press. We want eighteen million pounds, and then it, you negotiate from that point, probably. But yeah, it look. I mean, it looks like he could be priced out of a move. We've got to see what Hugo can do up front. I'd like to... I'd potentially like to see a bit more creativity in midfield, I think. Yeah. I think, I'm, like, I think I'd like to see a number 10. Um, just to... Yeah, you'd back, you'd back like Robinson and Hugo together up top in a 3-ball 1-2 with a 10 to score goals, wouldn't you? Yeah, my worry is I don't want to take Dean Garner out of the team. I, I really feel like he's about to kick on, and and I think he's showing a lot of like endeavour and spark. And I think he's I think he's not far away mm. from getting his assists and getting his goals. I really don't. So I'm slightly reluctant to take Dean Garner out of the team. But also, the, the, obviously, the team is the bigger picture, and I do think we need to give the opposition something else to think about. Another thing I was thinking is what's frustrating me slightly with Albion is they're getting a lot of balls into the box via the wing backs. Adam Reach had a good game against Derby. Connor Townsend's got excellent delivery. Darnell Furlong's energy makes him a threat. I don't see the wing-backs hitting the bylines many times. Mm. They're sending a lot of their balls from deep. And I wonder if that's because they've got a midfield two Albion. They can't overcommit the full-backs because they be, really would be susceptible to the counter-attack. I mean, Albion are susceptible to the counter-attack anyway. But, I mean, I wonder if you went 3-5-2, maybe put in Malumbi into central midfield, mm. that would allow your wing-backs just to push on a little bit more because Jake could cover them more. Yeah, the only, other, just... the only other way you could do that is if the other full, the other wing-back tucks in as you, the other one bombs forward. But we've seen, I, I think we've seen numerous times, if there's a deep cross that's come in, sometimes it's, it is that other wing-back who's picking the ball up if the cross is over hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're getting... They're a threat Alpine's wing-backs, but they're not... I don't know if they're a threat in the right area. Mm. Like balls from deep are easy to defend against. And I just wonder if say if you had Carl Bartley, so say you got Shami Ajay right centre back, Carl Bartley central centre back, Key and Brian left centre back. If the both wing backs go, but you've got a midfield three Basically, Livermore could sit in, couldn't he, and go and join Carl Bartley at centre-back. Shami Ajay goes to right-back. 
Key and Brian goes to left back. Keep your wing backs up. You still got four players there. Whereas if at the minute. Yeah, I think there's so many things you can do. I think, I think there's so many things that we, we can do, little tweaks that can be made to try and make Albion a bit more, just a bit more, what's the word? What's the word? What's the word? Unpredictable. That's what I'm yeah. looking for. Just a bit more unpredictable. Because they have got a little bit, they've got predictable, haven't they? They have got predictable. Yeah, they have. Um, Dan Nash, when are Clark or Brian going to be fit? The sooner Townsend is played at wing-back, the better. Um, so... I thought I thought Townsend had a good game at wing at centre back in the first game he played there. I can't, that was Derby, I think. But that said, Derby offered absolutely nothing going forward. I did think he he wasn't. I did think he he was okay against um, Preston, but you could tell he was nervous about his position. He kept he kept looking over his shoulder to see where players were. And he's just too good a wing back for me to play there. Like he's he is he is the best crosser of the foot of the ball at the football club. I've got no doubt about it. So. Mm. He needs to be back at wing back. I I completely agree. The Matt Clark one's really frustrating. So when I spoke to Ishmael two weeks ago on the Friday presser, he said he's he's going to be assessed again in eight days, which is obviously a nightmare for me because I was seeing him seven days later for the for the pre-match presser. I asked again last week, and he said that basically he was going for a scan that day. Mm. So. We need to find that out, but everyone's buzzing about. Everyone's very optimistic about Matt Clark. Like I said to him, I said to Ishmael, "Do you think he will play before the international break?" And he was like, "Yes, there's a good chance he will play before the international break." So, because yeah. I think we all thought it would be after that international break when he come back, but it won't be. It will be before. Key and Brian played 45 minutes against Villa under 23s last Friday. Um. 45 minutes isn't a lot, but it's 45 minutes. I think, I, I don't think Clark will be ready this, I just don't, but look, the, we see an Ishmael on Thursday, so these these are questions that will be asked, but, but I personally think it might, it's probably going to be too soon for Clark, but I think, I think Keen and Brian might start, you know. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me either. I think, I think, we need a left side to send it back. We do need to put Townsend back at wing back. Yeah, I think that might be what happens. Mm. Ian Biles, do we have a recall option for on Callum Morton? Um, I'd be absolutely amazed if we don't. It's, it's basically like, it, it's not really a question that needs to be asked anymore because you just, everyone puts them in. So like, and that's, for, like, that's both parties. Like there's, an, there's absolutely no point in Callum Morton, he's at Fleetwood. He's obviously doing really well. I think it's three goals in five games or something. Mm. But but every, every signing's a, a risk. Every signing's a gamble. So he could have gone to Fleetwood and not kicked the ball, and then Fleetwood would have him on the, on their books for the rest for the entire season. No, like they wouldn't want that if the player doesn't work out. Albion yeah. wouldn't want it. So it's one of them. It's the it's. It's a question that's always asked, basically, when players are doing well, because the club he's at uh, worried he'll get recalled, and the club that his parent club people are asking, all oh, potentially we could bring him back. Uh, but the truth is, basically, every loan has a recall now, yeah. because the last thing anyone wants is a player basically stuck at a club, <laughs> a bit like Kenneth Sahor is stuck with us, but he is stuck on a permanent, whereas. 
there's no, just no need for someone to be stuck when they're on loan. Mm. I think the last one I remember without a recall may well be Dwight Gale Albion. Yeah, I think like back in the day it was like a thing, wasn't it? But Newcastle are always weird in how they do their business as well. Like when they buy a player, they usually just stump up the money all up front. Do they? Yeah, because they went out and they said when they signed um, Joe Willock, they said everyone knows that we prefer to just pay up front, but that this is one of the few they've done in instalments. Oh right, okay, I didn't know. So maybe Newcastle were like, yeah, take him, and I think it was. I mean, every signing's a risk, but I mean, Dwight Gale in the Championship for Albion that year. I mean, it was. I think it was very, very unlikely that it wouldn't work out. I think most people just think like that's just evolved over time. I think I think most people just think oh, recall's the way to go. Yeah. Um, and it would have been the right thing for Albion if he wasn't playing and doing well. Albion would want him to recall him so they could send him to another club. Yeah. So yeah. it's just yeah. It's, there will be a recall. Yeah. Ruben Thompson, uh, can we agree that Val isn't doing as bad as we all think and need to rein the criticism in? We have him for four years. He isn't going anywhere anytime soon. So should we get behind him and his methods? Also, who do fans want instead? That is a good question um, and a good comment, I think. Yeah, and it just sums into what I've been saying throughout the podcast, really, which is basically give the bloke a chance. Um it's okay to be a football purist. It's okay to want your team to play like Pep Guardiola plays. Um, but he's eight games in. He's developing this team. They're unbeaten. And just see what happens. Don't write them off. Don't write him off yet. Don't think that if we go up to the Premier League, we're going to be beat every week. We're going to get battered. Like, you just don't know. Um, so just let's just see what happens. I think we can, like, we can. Let, let's, we've got a judge Ishmael by high standards, right? Hmm. So, it, the last... Albion haven't finished outside the top four in the Championship for 20 years. I can't remember off the top of my head what exactly it is, but they've either been in the Premier League or they've finished fourth or above in the Championship over 20, 25 years. I have said the stat before on the podcast, but I can't remember off the top of my head. They're the standards we're judging Ishmael by. So, they're high standards. In my opinion, and this is genuinely my opinion... Albion finished fifth this season. Not great. Yeah. Not great. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they should... They absolutely should be winning automatic promotion. But the bar's been set over the last X amount of years. Like, really, fourth is, is the worst we do. So, I think that's... That, that, they're the standards we're judging him by. They're the standards he needs to be hitting, in my opinion. Let's just give him a little bit longer than eight games when he's yeah. third and unbeaten. Like, it's just... We, we, we've got every right to, like, keep the standards high. We really, really have. Um, but I think you've got to give, give a guy a chance. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and last one, um, which leads us on to our preview pretty well. Hope it's not too late, says Jobo2004. How do you see the QPR game going? Um so yeah, QPR, they've had a decent start. They've lost their last two, but uh, ultimately a decent start for them. I think this game may suit Albion a little bit better than some of the others we've seen of late. So it's interesting because I've been doing a lot of, I've been doing doing a lot of research on XG today, as you could probably tell in this podcast. Yeah. Um the reason the God's honest reason for that is because when I, after the game on 
at Preston North End. There was basically, I didn't know what to say to Ishmael or Matt Phillips who we interviewed. It was just, I mean, what can you say that we haven't said before? It's been three very similar performances, three straight draws, three games where it's abundantly clear Albion needs to improve and do better in the final third. So it was hard to get lines that were different, really, from what we've had before. But So I've looked at the XG. Queen's Park Rangers, third best XG in the division. Mm. Chances created. Fulham top, 1.98. Us second, 1.93. And there's quite a drop to QPR, 1.64. Um, but still, third in the table. Um, going well. Going very, very well. I'm a, I'm a fan of Mark Warburton. I get a bit of stick of that in the car that we go in. <laughs> I think Joe Chapman thinks I'm crazy for rating him as highly as I do, but I do think he's a good manager. Um it's gonna be. It's gonna be in, right. So I mean, I don't know when this happened, but basically, every everyone plays free at the back now, don't they? Yeah. Like, when did this happen? Like, when did like when did it happen? Um, but so QPR last couple of games, three five two. I mean, I'm looking at who scored. They've got them as a three one four two. So they've got a holder midfielder behind their four midfielders. Mm. Um. But for it's three five two. Um, so look, we, we know what we're in for. Basically, we're matched up man for man, pretty much. Um, will QPR do what everyone else has done? I think there's probably a chance they will. I, I genuinely think everyone in this league looks at Albion and says, "I take a point." Yeah, I take a point. Um, I'm not sure how many teams with the exception of Fulham and Bournemouth, maybe Sheffield are really going to really gonna come to beat Albion. Um, so, the interesting thing is, I'm genuinely expecting similar. I'm expecting a similar performance from QPR to what Millwall did, to what Derby did, to what Preston did. Interestingly, the opposition is getting better. Mm. Preston are better than Derby. QPR are better than Preston. How is this going to go? What we need is Albion to put some of the chances away that they do create. We need that ball to drop two inches lower to Darnell Furlong. We need that ball to come in a little bit slower so Matt Phillips can turn it home. We need them to create... We need them to slow things down and play with a bit more composure. And we need to keep restricting them to chances because if they do get chances QPR, then they've got a better chance of taking them. Um... Yeah, it's going to be in. Look, they got some. Look, they got they got Willock, haven't they? Chris Willock, is it Chris Willock? Yeah, Chris Willock, isn't it? Who we had? Yeah, um, yeah. Literally ripped us apart for forty-five minutes when he was on loan at Huddersfield. He had a right point to prove that day. I'm sure we'd be determined to prove that point again. Got a certain Charlie Austin up front. Everyone knows about. I'm sure he'll be keen to come on and score. He, I mean, it feels like he. It just feels like he will score. Um, because that's what Charlie Austin does, but I think I'm, I could be proved wrong, but I'm really not expecting the game to be much different to the last three in terms of how the opposition set up. In a way, that's a good thing, because the onus is completely on Albion. It will the game will be played on their terms. I truly believe that. It's just can they turn it into quality chances and can they convert those chances? I believe the numbers say 
they have to eventually. Mm. They have to. I'm just not as convinced as you. I think I think QPR might come and try and play. If they come and try and play, they'll get beat. I believe that. I'm not. I'm. I'm not so sure. I think. I think they'll come and try and play. They'll try and keep the ball. I don't know if they'll get you know absolutely obliterated, but I think it could make for a much more entertaining game. I think we could see a game not too far from the Bournemouth one. Nah, I just don't think it'd be anything like that. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how how things go. It'd be interesting because obviously QPR play tonight. They play Everton. Um, so whether they rotate massively for that game, I don't know. But not ideal, is it? Playing Tuesday and Friday. No. Um, but they are more of a possession-based side, QPR. Yeah. I just, but I think Derby are. I mean, Derby just aren't very good, are they? But I think Derby really are a possession-based side. I just think they know that they had to change against us. And I think QPR will be the same. I think Millwall didn't really have to change, if I'm honest. Like mm. Millwall just like play that way, don't they? But Derby had to change. From what I gather, Preston changed quite significantly at the weekend. I think QPR will change again. But we'll see. We will indeed. Uh, also got Cardiff on Tuesday. Let's not forget that. Um... Oh, yeah. Games is what we need, I think. I was really quite pleased this week that there wasn't a midweek. I felt like sort of heading to Preston. I felt we needed a bit of a week off. Mm. But as soon as I came away from there, I was like, no, we need games. We need games because I believe, I believe in the numbers and I believe things have to change. Mm. I mean, if things don't change, the last thing we need is games because it's going to get more and more, the atmosphere is going to get more and more unsavoury. Um, but I, do, I think... I think wins around the corner, but God, I hope they are anyway. Uh, fingers crossed. Um, would you make any changes? As you said, you kind of thought about tweaking the system. Do you reckon we might see that? I'm between a rock and a hard place with this. I really am. I really, really am. Um, yeah. It's interesting they, that... Who scored? I've got them as a free one four two. So they put an out and out anchorman there because you don't want to put a number ten in there and then just be bullied by that anchorman. Mm. Be, that that threat be completely nullified. So maybe it's like it's worth sticking the same for now. Or if you go three four two one. Three four two one, yeah. Then get Robinson some aggressive. That it's difficult. I really am. I know this doesn't help anything, but I really am caught in two minds about it because I don't want to take Dean Garner out the team. I I said a million times. I think he's our most talented front man. I think he is getting there. I don't. I, I don't want to take him out of the team. I think he could have a game where he just he, he scores like two and assists one. Yeah, well, certainly. Yeah, I agree. I, it, he is. He is very close to adding goal contributions to his game, isn't he? Mm. Very close. So it's like, do you pull him? You, you're only pulling him out for tactical reasons. The question is. Do do we need that something different? Maybe. I don't know. It's a tough one. Good job. I'm not paid to make that decision. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're not paid to make that decision, are we? But it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's really, really hard. I wish I knew what the right thing to do was, but I honestly don't. I'd be happy either way, though. I don't know. I think I'll probably, I think I'll probably change it. I'm just trying to think. When I get the team sheet on Friday, 
if I see the same scene, am I going to think, I think I'm going to might think, oh, whereas if I see changes, I think I'll be a little bit more excited mm. by the changes. So I'm going three, four, one, two. No, I'm not. I'm going three, four, two, one. Revolutionary. I'm going, it was wrong. <laughs> I can't shut up, now, can I? I'm going three, four, two, one. Robinson and Snodgrass in the hole. Phillips up front. Phillips, not Hugo. No, not Hugo. All right. I'll be interested to see on Friday. Um, but that just about does us, Joe, unless you've got anything else you want to add into no, this No, I podcast. don't know if this was our best podcast, mate, to be honest. I don't know if I've actually made any sense. You've made sense. But never mind. People, Some people may not agree. Others will. But you've made sense. Keep the faith. Let's see where we are after 15 games. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, that's the right. message. You that's the message. For the previous hour. <laughs> that's the message from Joe the message from me uh, is if you could give this a rating or review on your podcast provider I would love it Joe would love it everyone would love it it'd be great if you could do that and share it on someone who may not listen um, but yeah from me and from Joe a fond farewell for now <laughs> <laughs>